With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Five minutes after the hour of 11, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you until noon, 20 minutes or thereabouts. We will do some hawks with our friend Tom Cakert from HawkeyeReport.com. Look forward to speaking with Tom, as we always do on Fridays. And we'll give you an opportunity to win some barbecue from Claxon's ClaxonBBQ.com. ClaxonBBQ.com. More Iowa State conversation. Dave Sprow covers the for KASI 1430 on the AM dial. Hello, Dave Sproul. How are you? Well, I got to admit, I'm a little intimidating <laughs> yeah. following up Tom Crescell because he's a much better storyteller than I am. But I'm, glad, as always, glad to be with you guys. No, we're glad to have you here. No, Tom was great. He really was. What a heck of a career for him. Uh, he's been beneficial. He's been so helpful to so many of us in the uh, in the media, uh, in the sports media, and he did a terrific job. And boy, he saw some highs and some lows, did he not? Yeah, absolutely. In between, you know, his retirement, and you, I, I think you guys touched on it last week, Steve Malchow yeah. uh, also retiring from his role in the athletic department. That's a lot of institutional <laughs> memory that's uh, not going to be around, you know, on a daily basis anymore. Uh, but uh, those guys, uh, well deserved retirements, great ambassadors for, for Iowa State, and who did a great job of getting the message out for for that athletic department. Yeah, and they, and they realized, you know, that back in the, uh, they needed to. You know, Iowa wouldn't even answer a phone call. They didn't think they needed to. Iowa State did, and, and, and Tom was so darn accommodating. We're uh, re- really grateful to what he did. Well, let's get to the here and now with Dave Sproul, and uh, it looks as though Coach Otzelberger has solidified the roster for the upcoming season. Boy, Dave, we knew there were going to be some changes, but man, oh man, I'm not sure anybody expected this many, and I'm not being critical. I think it's great. I mean, they didn't win a Big 12 game last year. Had to do something, and you know, that uh, Otzelberger, did, he wanted to you know, hit the ground running, and boy, he certainly did. He's known to be a terrific recruiter, him and the staff that he's put together. Um, a lot of changes, Dave Sproul, before we get into them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we know that the transfer market is a huge part of the college game, and that probably becomes even more amplified when there's a coaching change. Some guys, they don't want to play for the new coach because they came under the old coach, so they're looking for new homes. And then the new coach, he's looking for the right guys, you know, to fit his style, and maybe some of the holdover players aren't aren't part of that. And so they go out looking for new guys. And, you know, in today's day and age, there's a lot of options available. And it looks like, you know, Otzelberger and his staff, really hit on a lot of the guys, maybe even all the guys, or the kinds of guys at least, that they wanted to to bring in, you know, and felt that they realistic, realistically had a shot at, at bringing into the fold. So uh, all in all, it is looking like a pretty successful, you know, sort of recruiting transfer period for the Iowa State men's program. When you look at the roster, it's very apparent what they're doing, and that's handing the keys off to Tyrese Hunter. You do your thing, young man. You're the point guard, and 
might be the point guard for 35-plus minutes a game. Is there anybody else on the roster that you look at and say, that guy can give even a good 8 to 10 minutes a game at the point guard position? That's as good as this roster the flip-over has been. That looks to me to be the glaring weakness. Outside of Hunter, who's another point guard? Yeah, I, I mean, they, they might have some options. Maybe Trey Jackson can play a little yeah. bit, but I, I, I think primarily he'll, he'll be a, more of a two-guard. Um, maybe Javon Johnson, I, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe there might be some other guys. I mean, one of the things that, that Otzelberger clearly was looking for in bringing in these transfers was some versatility, so he might have some guys who could swing between maybe playing on the wing and playing some point. Maybe even you know a guy like Isaiah Brockington, I think probably will play more of a role as a shooting guard. Might be able to slide over a little bit and handle the point somewhat. So, you know, we'll kind of see how that all uh, plays out. But, yeah, you're right. Tyrese Hunter is going to be the man at point guard from day one. And that's probably, you know, what you should expect from a guy who's rated in the top 50 nationally, one of the best point guard prospects in the country. If uh, if he's going to live up to the height, he needs to be ready to go on day one. I'm as as much as anybody. I'm like like I'm a Brockington fan. I like Kalsher from uh, from Minnesota. Uh, I like both of those guys coming over from the Big Ten. But it's a guy that's been here, but we didn't see him play. And Blake Hinson uh, saw him play a couple years ago, and I saw him play against Iowa State in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge when the Clones uh, went to Oxford, Mississippi, and took on Old Miss. Uh, Blake Hinson's role. I wonder what Otzelberger has in mind for him. One of the holdovers didn't play, uh, but he stuck around and he wants to be a Cyclone and he'll get his opportunity come this fall. Yeah, and that's that's one of the most intriguing sort of mysteries, I guess, for the for this team because, like you said, he didn't play last season, had a health issue that kept him off the court altogether. So he really didn't get to see firsthand, you know, his skills and abilities. And I'm sure, you know, Coach Hasselberger has some film from his days at Ole Miss and can make some evaluations based on that. But I think part of the summer here coming up, too, will be you know, getting to know all of his guys a little bit better and breaking down what they can do and working with his coaches to, to anticipate what kind of roles they'll play coming up in, in the fall. But that'll be a really, you know, in, intriguing sort of question mark for Iowa State is, is what Hinson can do on the court and what he brings, you know, in terms of uh, his fit with, with the rest of this squad. So inside, what you think they're going to do and – what you know from T.J. Otzelberger, his style, the way that he rolls, do you anticipate that they're going to play traditionally one big guy? Is there going to be times they'll play two? When you look inside and kind of try to divvy up those minutes, what do you see? I see what in, in the kind of guys who's bringing in uh, an emphasis kind of on versatility, especially when it comes to some of the forward positions. Xavier Foster, you know, his size and ability, he's, he's going to be a center probably, you know, or a five, maybe not a traditional five, but he's going to be that guy. And then with guys like Kalsher, uh, Jazz Koontz, and Tristan Inaruna come in, and mm-hmm. those are three guys you can switch between the two forward positions or maybe play all three together with uh, Koontz out on a wing and Kalsher maybe on the other wing. And Inaruna at his size, and I hope I'm saying his name right, I'm not sure, but uh, he's more maybe of a more traditional power forward type of mold, but you know we'll wait and see again. But I, I think that's something that Otzelberger was looking for when you see the kind of guys he's bringing in. He's, he's bringing some guys who might bring a little versatility to the court. Uh, let's go to football. Dave Sproul, KASI 1430 on the AM dial. The uh, spring football is over. It uh, finished up last week. I know that you had plenty of opportunities to Zoom with uh, position coaches, coordinators, and the coach head coach, uh, Matt Campbell. Uh, just a couple of your takeaways, Dave, from – I know we didn't get to see anything, but uh, from some of the stuff that you heard uh, following uh, following spring football. 
the biggest storyline I was kind of following going in and, and, and kind of throughout the spring was the different approach Matt Campbell was taking to practice in the sense of, of using contact and how physical they were going to be during the practice. He said he really wanted to pull back on that because he felt that was one reason they got off to a slow start in the loss to Louisiana last year was that they were maybe a bit too physical and maybe a little, little bit too worn out going into the season. So he, he pulled back on the physicality of practice and in talking with some of the coaches and particularly uh, the, the coordinators uh, and, and, Campbell talked about this himself a little bit too, is that they were a, they were able to really drill down on the fundamentals and the basics and just work on the kind of drills that they needed to to make sure that they eliminate the mistakes. Campbell talks about winning in the margins all the time. And, you know, he, when he talks about that, he means, you know, making the fewest mistakes possible. So they were really able to bear down on those, those fundamentals, get those workouts uh, done, and stay healthy. And it sounds like they got through without any serious injuries uh, that'll keep guys out of workouts or, or linger into the fall or anything like that. So I think in, in that terms, in those terms, uh, it's probably a pretty successful spring for Iowa State in that they were able to stay healthy, reduce contact, reduce the wear and tear, and focus on the fundamentals that are so important to Matt Campbell and his staff. You know, one of those things that goes very much hand-in-hand, what you're talking about, Dave, is the strength and conditioning staff and the rave reviews that we've heard just over mm-hmm. a year on the job of Dave Andrews. I mean, he takes over a program that was ascending, looking to do more, and then he runs into pandemic. And hearing the guys talk about it, what they went through last year, all the changes yet, they still felt fresh by the time it got to November and December. That's one thing I heard from a lot of the different guys during these Zooms, is they felt fresh at the end of the season. Your thoughts on Dave Andrews? I know he talked to the media earlier this week, too. Some takeaways from the strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, he, he certainly was a big factor because you remember the, the year prior, Iowa State pretty much got manhandled at Kansas State at the end of the regular season and were absolutely manhandled by Notre Dame in, in their bowl game. And we didn't see that. We saw a team that had a lot of strength and, and were physically capable of the challenge uh, at the end of the season and were probably by far more physical than Oregon in that Fiesta Bowl win. They really seemed to dominate mm-hmm. that game physically. And Andrews had a big role in that, got a lot of credit for that. And then this spring, you know, something he talked about, too, when he did meet with the media, is working hand-in-hand with the nutrition staff, and there's been this big emphasis on that uh, in throughout the world of athletics, really, and college athletics, too, uh, a part of that. So they bring in a full-time person to just focus on the nutrition aspect, and he works hand-in-hand with her to make sure that, you know, what they're feeding the guys uh, goes in hand-in-hand and enhances what they're doing physically, in the workouts and then making sure that what they're doing in those workouts are actually things that enhance what they can do on the field. So a workout for a wide receiver is obviously going to be different for a defensive lineman because it's not just about getting bigger, stronger, and faster, although in some ways those are the goals, and maybe one of those aspects is a little bit more important than others. You want linemen on both sides of the ball to be big and strong, but you want your, your wideouts to be strong and fast. So those are those kind of things when you you're looking for in a modern strength and conditioning coach, a guy who can really drill down, who understands the nutrition aspect and understands like the specific types of workouts you need to get the most out of players at their particular position. Dave Sprout, KSI is our guest. Dave, I it, the the hype for the Cyhawk and it's been well chronicled. It's just, I mean, you got to go all the way back to what Trent 2019, the last game. <laughs> That was pretty well, pretty big uh, hype around that game as well, right? With game day in town, but this is going to be different, right? With, I mean, Iowa State's ranked, and they're going to be a top ten team. I I don't think there's any doubt about that. That they're going to find, 
it's going to be hard to find somebody's preseason rankings that doesn't have Iowa State in the top 10. Iowa, 15, somewhere around there. Um, but what's this going to be like, Dave, as we look forward to week number two? Is this, whether game day's there or not, will, and let's say it's not, will this surpass 2019? You factor in the game wasn't played last year, so we've got that, uh, we had that, uh, we've got that loss, if you will, of the state's biggest rivals, the state's biggest game. Um, what's it going to be like on September 11th? What, September 11th? Never even thought about that angle. 20 yeah. years to the date. <laughs> Holy mackerel. What's it going to be like? Exactly. Uh, I, I think that it, it will be extremely well hyped, I'm sure, but I don't know if it'll be quite to that level of that college game day thing because that meant so much to Iowa State. Sure. They have ESPN there live on campus. That really validated in, in a lot of people's minds Iowa State as a program and what Matt Campbell was building. And the one thing really that Iowa State fans can maybe complain about a little bit with Matt Campbell mm-hmm. is the fact that he hasn't beaten Iowa yet. And we say he hasn't beaten Iowa. This is a team game, so it's not all on him. And Iowa has fielded some really strong teams in that stretch. And so it's not like something that is a huge knock on Matt Campbell, but it is the one thing he hasn't checked off his list yet as Iowa State's head coach. So there's going to be a ton of hype. It's going to be a huge, huge deal. And if Iowa State, uh, you know, wants to position itself as a legitimate college football playoff contender, and I, I think that possibility is out there, that's a must-win game. Yep. There's always these perpetual arguments, you know, between whether that's as important as a conference game because conference championships matter more than winning non-conference games, but it's such a huge in-state rivalry. Is this game more important? This game, it, it could go down between that game and Oklahoma, uh, maybe it's the two most important games on Iowa State's schedule because those two games could determine whether Iowa State is or is not a college football playoff contender. So it's going to get a huge amount of hype. It's going to get a lot of huge uh, amount of, of excitement, maybe not quite the same level as having ESPN on campus because that's a whole different kind of buzz. But it is going to be a huge game and it's going to get uh, just a huge amount of attention and excitement here in the state. And uh, for the first time in a long time, a chance for Iowa State to be the favorite in that Iowa State game. Can you know the last time Iowa State was favored in the game in I, Vegas? I don't. When was it? 2000. That 2000? 2000 was the last Jeez. time Iowa State was favored. And that was their 9-3 and three year. They're going to be favored in this one. Expectations. It's been a conversation piece all spring long. Any takeaways as we put a cap on spring practice, what they're going to do to combat, well, everybody slapping them on the back and telling them how great they're going to be all summer long. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, that's been something Matt Campbell has actually talked about since day one is is, is you know, blocking off the hype, you know. And when he first got here, it was about everybody telling them how bad a team they were because <laughs> they were a three-win program. Mm-hmm. And so his message to his guys was to block that out. Focus on what you can control, work on getting better every day, and and going out and and being the best team you can be, and the message hasn't changed. And he's talked he talked about it throughout last season, even I think going back to the season before, because expectation levels have been you know steadily rising each year. Campbell has been at, at Iowa State, so the message from him has been the same at least publicly. He's been saying, you know, I tell the guys, lock out, don't listen to what they're saying outside these walls. Focus on getting better every day and being the best team you can be. So if they can keep a lid on it that way and keep that mindset, and, and it seems like they've done a pretty good job of that through the years, then they should be okay. But you, you never know. I mean, even with college kids and even with relatively mature college kids as this team is made of, you never know when maybe that hype can get to them and maybe that ego starts to seep in and maybe starts, you know, dripping a little, little uh, 
arrogance even into the program. I, I, I don't think it's likely, but there's always that possibility. But I, I think so far, Matt Campbell's track record has shown they've done a good job of eliminating whether it's negative or positive, just uh, keeping the outside chatter outside of the, the walls of the program, so to speak. Dave Sproul, Dave, uh, Trent and I are both off next Friday. We will speak with you in two weeks. Uh, by then, the Twins will have lost a few more games in extra <laughs> innings. Uh, <laughs> Stop rubbing it in. Any, any, any chance we can get a new bullpen by then? Because, my goodness, this is brutal. It's bad. It has not gone well. Dave Sproul, Dave, uh, thank you. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Appreciate you coming on. Looking forward to it, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul. K-A-S-I in Ames. Uh, this came up from Rovell. Let me see if... Uh, the t- pick your brain. I'm going to... I think you're going to get... Now, these are the most valuable sports franchises in the world. In the world. Now, you'll never get FC Barcelona and Real Madrid. No. Yeah, yeah. Cross those off. Right. So there's three left, and they're actually numbers one, two, and three on the list of the most valuable franchises in the world. The Dallas Give Cowboys. me one of them. Dallas Cowboys. They are number one. You're on a roll. Give me number two. Yankees. You're right again. Now you won't get this one. Oh, maybe get- you will. Maybe you will. You're on a roll. Number three. The New York Knickerbockers. How about Trent Condon? Oh, really? Yes. All right. Cowboys, Yankees, Knicks. Cowboys, 5.7 billion. Yanks, 5.4. Knicks, 5 million. FC Barcelona, 4.76. Real Madrid, 4.75. I wouldn't have got the Knicks in a million years. Because you said that I wouldn't get it, that's the only reason I went that direction. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing. Initially, I would have thought, well, just pick three football teams. Mm -hmm. Pick the Cowboys Mm -hmm. and then Steelers, Mm -hmm. whoever else. Right. That's surprising, too. Right. But at the top of your sport, maybe a little bit more comes your way. Yeah, and all those championships, it right? Helps. Uh, anyways, uh, we will, well, we're going to talk to Tom Cakert in a moment. Do we have another home run, Trent? You just hit one. I just hit a home run. We're going to count that as that because I, the clip is paused right now. It's time to hit another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. Enter the keyword work. Your chance to win $1,000. KXNO.com. Pop-up box appears. Enter work. Your chance to win $1,000. Your chance to hear Tom Cakert is next on Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO, 10866. Are you overdue for your dental appointment? Now is the perfect time to get your dream smile. And Fuller Family Dentistry accepts most insurance plans. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry offers a relaxed family atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. As a family-owned and operated business, Dr. Fuller has been practicing dentistry for over 30 years. Fuller Family Dentistry is located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines in Altoona on 8th Street. Come see what the buzz is all about and check them out on Instagram. Wolf Roofing has learned a few things over the years. We understand that no one wants their home improvement project to drag on. So at Wolf Roofing, we plan for your project well before we set foot on site. As a result, most projects are done in one day. We also know quality is important in the big things like a proper installation and in the details like cleaning up well and using magnets to find stray nails. Find us on the web at wolfroofing.net or give us a call 225 225- Eight for one for podcasting. You can see it. Picture it. The building you've always wanted. 
an expansion of your existing business, a new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at Graphite GR 2021. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Welcome back. About 1130 on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. And for that matter, wherever you are in the central time zone. Uh, as we take you up until noon, Claxon's Barbecue still to give away in about 15 minutes. Let's get our friend Tom Kakert uh, in here from HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, I want to go back to the weekend. Good to speak with you as always. My biggest takeaway from the weekend was something your colleague Blair Sanderson put out. And I knew Caden Proctor was you know a couple of years down the road. The dude's 15 and he's 6'7", 315 pounds. I guess it never clicked, Tom, that this kid is 15 years old at this, and he's 6'7", 315. My gosh. Yeah, he's um, he's the Tristan Wirth starter kit. Oh. You know, is what I kind of kind of dubbed him as just, and he's probably going to be bigger than Wirth. He wears 74 because of Tristan Wirth. So, um, yeah, there, it's... Uh, <laughs> He's, he's, uh, you know, we have him number six in the country, um, uh, in his class, uh, at rivals. So that's not number six offensive lineman, not <laughs> number six offensive tackle. That's number six in the country. Jesus. And, uh, you know, uh, the Wampa kid is right up there too. Um, you know, both teammates at Southeast Polk. I think, I think Xavier's probably the number one safety in the country at this point too. So, just think about that—that that little southeast pole. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, and they were all in—they uh, were all at Kinnick Stadium, is uh, mm-hmm. visiting. <laughs> just the picture just blew me away. When it was uh, Brody Brecht, right? Was in the middle of the two, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brody was in the middle of the of, of those two, and those guys are are friends. The um, Wagner kid is friends with with them, obviously from Southeast Polk. So, um, yeah, just uh, you know those two. Kids are. I mean, college coaches are going to be. It's now that the you know eventually they're going to get back out into to right. campus or off campus and and into schools, and you're just going to see a, a steady stream of you know Nick Saban to mm. Dabo Sweeney to Ryan Day coming through uh, the Greater Des Moines area. I think. How about that? So just real quick on Proctor, one more. Um, since he's a, you called him a Tristan Wirf starter kit, which I think is, uh, is, is spot on. He wears his number. Does that mean that I was the favorite right now? I mean, is he, is he tipped his hand at all, Tom? Yeah, he hasn't. Um, you know, it's, uh, he's going to have his choice. You know, you can basically any program in the country. And if he says, I want to go there, they're giving him a scholarship. Uh, so it's, I think I was going to have a, a shot. I think they're going to have a decent shot to good shot. Um, I think things with Xavier are going to be a little bit harder. I Ohio state seems to be out front okay. for him. Um, but just the, you know, the old line factory aspect of things mm-hmm. is going to certainly be a benefit to Iowa. 
uh, in, in that aspect. But he's going to have to get to know George Barnett, the new offensive line coach, too, because that's going to be his position coach. So that's that's going to be one of those things that they have to do here in the next uh, you know six months or so. 2022 class will start to shape up in June. They'll be able to have guys uh, not just on campus like they did for practice, but a little more involved heavily. Fill us in what the uh, football recruiting calendar is going to look like. And obviously after a year ago what happened with the football program, feels like this has got to be one of the bigger recruiting periods that they're going to have in a long time. you got a pandemic. Yeah, what they dealt with there. And they have two commitments for that class. Just how this all is going to break down in your mind. I'll tell you what, June is going to be insane Mm. from a recruiting perspective for college programs because um, you haven't had anybody be able to make any sort of visit since the middle of March 2020. Mm. I'm talking about just being on campus, um, interacting with coaches in the facilities. You know, kids have made kind of their own little visits to places and you might have a coach looking out a window waving at you or whatever, but they can't come in the building. Right. So, you know, it, Iowa, so you're going to have camps, which is huge for so many kids. And I, I can't emphasize this enough because there's so many players over um, the course of the last decade or so, Iowa, Iowa state, wherever, um, who earn offers, kids that didn't come, they just came to camp to compete and try to show these coaches that they could play at that level and they leave with a scholarship offer. And it changes their life. Jeez. It's literally a life-changing experience for some of these kids. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have also the, the, the guys who have those offers coming on campus. And, they're, you know, I was probably got like, I'm trying to just add it up here, there's probably like 20 kids coming on uh, end of June for their big recruiting weekend. Um, and they've got a couple of other guys coming in. Um, the weekend of uh, June 11th as well. So it's just going to be, it's going to be crazy between the camps and, um, and the visits and then they'll probably have unofficial. And, and the big thing is these 2022 kids haven't had been able to take really, they haven't taken any visits really. Um, some of them might've taken some early on, but in the 2023 kids are going to be doing unofficials like crazy uh, here in the next month. So it's just going to be, going to be insane during june july uh, and into august good for business at hawkeyereport.com tom kanker it tom, is. <laughs> indeed it is tom so you you saw it the is. you saw spring practice it's uh it's official it's uh wrapped up for another year you had an opportunity the middle of the month of april and then uh, i think it was the 17th of april two weeks later may the first to see them again um was there a player or two that in that two-week time span, for whatever reason, maybe didn't show out on April 17th, maybe nagging injury or whatever? Who caught your eye May 1st that really you didn't notice on April the 17th? Um, you know, one guy that, that kind of popped up for me was defensive lineman Lucas Van Ness. Uh, I, I think he had a pretty good day uh, on May 1st. Now he got tossed around a little bit. He's still undersized, so... There was a few times where he got handled, but, um, you know, he was active. He was just a guy that wasn't really on my radar as, as being an impact player, but there was just, I think the D line had more guys out than in that day. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to be a concern moving forward just because, um, you know, I worry about the Logan Jones kid who I think they're counting, they were counting on, but I don't know. He was wearing this knee brace that mm-hmm. just doesn't look like a great, a great thing uh, for him. So 
Um, I'm, you know, wondering what his prognosis is getting back on the field, but they should be able to get, um, uh, you know, Black back out there. They should be able to get Logan Lee back out there. Um, but they're still kind of thin at B tackle. I know they were trying to get involved with this UAB kid that just put his name in the portal, uh, who's a pretty good player that everybody's trying to get involved with now. So we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, Finn has to be one. Um, I can't really think of anybody else. Um, you know, because Riley Moss was good in both of them, but he was pretty good. Uh, the Harris kid, uh, Jeremiah Harris, was pretty good too. Um, this time around, that's another one that I would think of at cornerback. You know, I hate to really break it down this way, especially when we got months and months before football. Feels pretty simple though. Spencer Petrus is good. I was going to be good. If he's not, they're going to be okay. It's it breaks down as simple as that. Is that too simple, Tom, or do you think there's a lot more nuance to it? Um, I think there's some truth to it. Here's what, here's the way I have put it. Um, because, you know, there's still that drumbeat uh, against Spencer as the quarterback. Just the, yes. the first two games, people have not been able to get past that, even though he played fairly well, I thought, in the last three I games. Six touchdowns, one interception. I thought he really grew as a quarterback. Did he still have some throws that were bad yeah he did there's no denying that every quarterback does but i thought he was better um i think the first two games this year kind of define whether you can move forward with spencer petrus mm-hmm. as your quarterback or not um, they're just huge games indiana yeah. a team with something to, they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder something to prove last year was not a fluke mm-hmm. um they've got Penix, who's a really dynamic quarterback and then the trip to Ames. And you know that that game is not circled. It's circled about 100 times by Matt Campbell and his staff. They haven't beaten Iowa since Matt Campbell's there. They've got this dynamite team with Purdy and, and, you know, Brees Hall and all the talent on defense back. And they're going to be gunning for Iowa and Jack Trice. And if Iowa starts 0-2 and Spencer's bad, It's going to get awfully. It's going to get uh, noisy as well, at the term I used in Iowa City. So is the is there a battle for for the backup quarterback? What did you see the t- the two times you got to see them? Uh, kind of rank uh, Padilla and Hogan. Yeah, I thought um, it was interesting the second time around because the first time it was pretty equal reps. The second time it was Petrus and Padilla getting probably eighty percent of the reps, seventy five percent. And Hogan was getting uh, table scraps, and uh, you know the two kids that the walk-ons now have, are transferring right. uh, were getting even less than that. So, uh, and Kirk said after practice basically that in the last like two weeks it felt like Padilla had kind of separated himself from Hogan, where before then he said they were like uh, you know A and B kind of they were really close and. So I, I think there's some separation there right now that uh, maybe Padilla has crept a little bit closer to uh, to where Spencer is, but there was still a gap there from what Kirk was saying. Jump to basketball, and Austin Nash, I saw it was official today. At least a press release came down that he is now a scholarship player for the basketball program. They still, I believe, could offer a scholarship or fill another scholarship if they decided to. Any chance of that, or is this the roster they're going to roll with into next season? 
I'll never say never because the portal can reveal some mm-hmm. very different things. Uh, you know, you might just somebody might pop out of the blue that um, it, that you just kind of go, okay, that's a kid that uh, that we recruited pretty hard, and we really like him, and he's now in the portal. And you know, so much of the portal business is done on the down low, uh, mm-hmm. as we're finding out uh, with uh, <laughs> well at least one player, but. Uh-huh. But um, that's everywhere. It's everywhere. Absolutely. The, the kid, yeah. Hey, if hey if uh, if I put my name in the portal, would you guys be interested? Or my guy puts his name in. Are you guys going to be interested? Can 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 we? Can I tell him he's going to have an offer if he goes in the? That happens all the time. Right. So, um, but I think more than likely this is going to be the roster that Iowa plays with um, next year. And you know they do have the one scholarship left because. You know, I don't expect Joe Wieskamp to be back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've kind of removed him. And they also have the the luxury, I guess, is, you know, with Fran McCaffrey being the head coach, he, he can certainly yeah. afford to uh, write the check to cover the, the tuition costs of Connor and or Patrick. Mm. That's an excellent point. Tom, uh, Trent and I are off next week, so we will uh, speak to you in two weeks. Uh, Trent will be here early in the week. But I sure might if, get him early so I was going to say, yeah. if something happens, <laughs> you may be, uh, Tom, uh, you might uh, be on Trent's caller ID or he might be on yours. So I'll talk to you in two weeks, okay. Tom Caker. Thanks for doing this for us. Have a good weekend. Okay. Have a good uh, week off, guys. Thank yep, you. Uh, good to talk to you. Tom Caker. HawkeyeReport.com is... We talk a little Hawks. Always good to get Tom in here, and, and he's right. I'm thinking of that football recruiting. Guys are finally able to get back on campus. It's crazy. You look at across Big Ten, Big 12, there's just not a lot of kids committed because they haven't been on campus. Right. How nuts that's going mm. to be on the local level, on the regional level, and on the national level as it pertains to the the uh, the recruiting aspect. going to be a lot of fun to yeah. see how that plays out. and. We have so many big prospects here in this state too. Well, makes big is the key word. Trent, the Proctor, I, I guess it never dawned on me that he's 15 years old. He had a Michigan offer before he played a varsity snap. Good he had not gosh. played a varsity snap, and he already had an offer from Michigan. Six seven three fifteen at 15 years old, and the dude can move. He is athletic. Can he? He. <laughs> Like Tom said, he is Tristan Wirth. He's a mm. Tristan Wirth starter set. It's incredible to see. Quickly, before we get to Claxons, it's time for our Play of the Day, presented by CISN TV. Street comes right up. She sends it across. Goal! Off the foot of Avery Porter. Avery Porter's run was magnificent, timed well, just inside the defense. That's Dardanielson on the call, and his no. color man, that's Justin Vorster, one of the coaches uh, with the menace, and he's from across the pond. Well, that adds a, a, it, it does. a little something to it, I did it uh, some state soccer with Justin. It's just it's great hearing that kind of voice calling soccer. Absolutely. It's, it's the way that it's supposed to be. Uh, that one, though, our play of the day from the Ankeny Centennial matchup on Monday as Avery Porter, the sophomore, gets the goal. Her 11th of the year. Top rank now, Ankeny Centennial, as they're at number one. Two matches going on this evening on CISN TV in the soccer realm. You can find Des Moines East at Centennial tonight on the boys' side at 7.30. Also 7.30, it's Lincoln at Southeast Polk. First four callers, 284-5966, 284-5966, Claxton's Barbecue. You can't have played in the last month. You can't have won or played in the last month. We'll give you that opportunity to win $35 or $25 
from Claxon's Barbecue next. We'll give you four games. You give us four answers. Tiebreaker as well. You get the most right. You'll be eating BBQ. Runner-up gets $25 of barbecue as well. Miller and Condon back after these. Again, 30 days. Last month, you're out. 1460 KX. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live local sports. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1150. I'm a lucky guy, Trent Condon. Yeah, look at you in there. about the company I'm keeping? Bonnie Lucas and Heather Burnside. Pretty darn good. I'm just here by myself. Indeed, behind the glass where you belong. (laughs) Uh, By the way, a little little history on uh, KXNO today. Today, 20 years ago, Steve Young, who was the first producer, I believe, at KXNO, reminded us 20 years ago today was the debut of local programming on this format. That's great. Um, Gary Howe. And who the heck worked with Gary Howe? Jack and Alex did afternoons. Okay. Oh, Jim Walden. Jim oh, Walden Jim and Walden. Gary Howe. Yeah, so 20, 20 years ago today was the debut of local programming on 1460 KXNO. Jesse, Bill, Randy, and Dave, it's your opportunity. Going to give you a chance to win some Claxons Barbecue. Uh, we'll give you four games. If you get the most right, we'll give you $35 certificate. The runner-up gets 25 Jesse, are you ready, Jesse? Yep. You know how this works, right? Yep. All right, Jesse. South Dakota State tomorrow. We've got a semifinal game in FCS football. South Dakota State gives eight and a half to the Blue Hens of Delaware. Give me the dog. Taking the points in Delaware. Sunday night baseball. Phillies, Braves. Who do you want? Uh, do you know the pitchers? Well, I do. It's uh, let me get it for you. I want to give that give you a chance here. It is uh, Aaron Nola for the Phillies and Enoa. You know he was the twin, wasn't he? Trench and yeah, he was. He, he was, was a twin. Part of what deal was it? Oh, Not a real no, big no. one, but he's turned out to be a nice yeah. pitcher. Enoa versus Nola. Give me the Phillies. Angels or Dodgers? Three games set in Anaheim. Just to win the series? Yep, win the uh, series. White Sox in Kansas City, likewise. Who wins the three-game series? Royals. Here's the tiebreaker. The Iowa Wild and the Iowa Cubs play tonight. They will combine just them. Goals for the Wild, runs for the Cubs, closest without going over. Just them, not their opponents. Goals and runs tonight. Six. Six it is. Jesse, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Bill is next with Miller and Condon. Hi, Bill. Hi, guys. Uh, South Dakota State or Delaware? South Dakota State's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll take South Dakota State. All right, taking the favorite. Phillies or Braves on Sunday night baseball? Atlanta. Dodgers, Angels, three-game set. Who wins it? I hope the Angels do, but I'm going to pick the Dodgers. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, they're they're struggling. Uh, White Sox, Kansas City this weekend, three-game set. Who wins that series? Royals. Iowa Wild, Iowa Cubs, goals and runs, just them. Combined tonight, closest without going over, Bill. Seven. Have a good weekend, Bill. Thank you. 
Thank you, Kenny. Yep, good to talk to you. Uh, Randy's next. Hi, Randy. How's it going? Good, thank you. Uh, South Dakota State or Delaware? South Dakota State, eight and a half point favorite. Uh, South Dakota State. Phillies or the Braves? Phillies. Dodgers or Angels win the three-game set? Let's go with the Angels. Taking the Angels. White Sox-Royals, likewise, in Kansas City this weekend. Who will win that series? Royals. Iowa Wild Goals. Iowa Cubs runs combined tonight, closest without going over. Uh, eight. Eight. Randy, thank you. Have a good weekend. Thank you, too. Appreciate it. And uh, Dave brings Claxons to a close for another week. Claxons in business in Altoona for 25 years. Hi, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. South Dakota State's an eight-and-a-half point favorite over Delaware. South Dakota. Phillies, Braves, Sunday night baseball. Braves. Dodgers and the Angels, a three-game series. Who will win it? White Sox and Royals, three-game series in KC. Who will win? White Sox. Iowa Wild Goals, Iowa Cubs runs, combined tonight, closest without going over. And a question, does mine have to be, do I have to have a different? No, no, take whatever you want. Oh, okay, all right. Um, I'll do seven. Seven it is, Dave. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Thank you, too. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate Claxons for giving that opportunity each and every week. That's kind of a unique tiebreaker trend. Con. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of that one. That was a good one. I'm excited. And uh, Bill, who was our second caller, yeah. said he'll be out at the ballpark tonight. Maybe we'll nice. see him on Marquee Network. You know what? I'll dip in a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. It was fun watching it last night. Alex Cohen does a nice job. I'd never he heard him until last night doing the game on Marquee Network. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a decent watch. It's great to see our city. Yes. Right? Yeah. I love that. Uh, Tommy Birch apparently got a shout out on the air. He did. He did. I didn't hear that part, but yes. it cracked me up. Uh, he was uh, referred to as the two-time sports writer of the year in the state of Iowa. Some of them along those lines. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was good to see. I remember the first time I saw it when I remember the. Do you remember the Rouen Grand Prix? You probably don't. No, Bonnie Lucas would. Yeah, it was here in what eighty nine through ninety one, eighty nine ninety. But ESPN, they shut off down to what year was it? Oh, you did? Well, I know it was here in 89 and 90 because I was here before I went to Denver. Anyways, ESPN broadcast. Wow, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. Downtown Des Moines, and it's on TV, and I thought that was pretty shiny. Have a good weekend, Trent Condon. You too. See you on Monday. Thank you for listening. Uh, more local programming, an hour and five minutes. till Murph and Andy, the Fanatics at three. Saturday morning pregame. Zamora, Robertson, Miller, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. We're Miller and Condon, weekdays 10 to noon on 1460 KX.